looking. He steps up. Now he dashes, looking, still looking. He fires across his body, and it is caught. It is caught back in the end zone by Alshon Jeffrey. And the Eagles have a much needed, a really needed 34-13 win over the New York Giants, and they can smile again. And there's no panic with this group, you know, and, and they just they just stay the course. They, they're saying the right thing, doing the right things. They're... Uh, they know they're a good football team, and, and yeah, we haven't put it all. You know, we haven't put it all together, but but tonight was a good start. Live from the ESPN Cleveland studios in beautiful Cleveland, Ohio, it is TSN Four Downs. We're getting ready for Week Six in the National Football League. Of course, that kicked off on Thursday. I'm Andy McNamara. We are delivered by Domino's, and yeah, folks, not in the TSN 1050 Toronto studios. Although you are listening on TSN 1050 Toronto, TSN 1150 Hamilton. I'm down for my annual trip. This is year 12 to Cleveland to see a Browns game. Got my dad in the ESPN Cleveland studio lobby there waiting. And, man, it is, it's always a, a thrill to be in here. And in this town, man, it's buzzing. Baker Mayfield is buzzing, as was the Philadelphia Eagles offense over the Giants. My goodness, we'll get to all that in a couple of minutes. But great show for you today. ESPN fantasy football expert Mike Clay joins me in about 15 minutes' time. Then from ESPN Cleveland, I'm in I'm in his studio right now. Aaron Goldhammer to talk about the Browns, to talk about the AFC North. We have our big three locks of the week. Fantasy football questions as well. I'll be answering them. Use hashtag AskAndy, hashtag AskAndy on Twitter, at AndyMCD1, at tsn 4 Downs. So you know what? Let's get to the news and notes of the week in three downs. Let's go to first down. First down. Well, how about this? Now, that Thursday nighter was fun. Well, if you're an Eagles fan, the Sunday nighter, from a pure entertainment standpoint, I can't wait. You got the Chiefs undefeated. You got the New England Patriots, who look like they've turned it around. Sunday night football. Well, NFL analyst Jesse Palmer joined Nabil Kareem on SportsCenter to discuss who... The best team in the AFC is right now. Who's the team to beat? Is it the Chiefs or is it the Pats? I never would have said this in the preseason, but I think it's the Kansas City Chiefs, and it's all because of quarterback Patrick Mahomes. This guy right now, to me, is the MVP of the NFL. With his scrambling ability, his ability to create on the run, his ability to throw with velocity at all different types of arm angles, he has made this offense so much more lethal than even a year ago, and that's saying something. He's developing a better chemistry with receivers, especially tight end Travis Kelsey, as the year goes on and on. I loved what I saw in their defense in their last game against Jacksonville and their ability to get pressure. My biggest concern, though, for the Chiefs right now is stopping the run. You'll remember a few weeks ago on Monday night against Denver, they got gashed on the ground. That's been a bit of a trend we've seen this year. That has to stop because as explosive as this offense is with all those weapons and Hunt, Hill, Kelsey, and Patrick Mahomes, this offense needs possessions. The defense has to be able to get off the field. The run defense needs to get better. If they do, then the Kansas City Chiefs, even though Tom Brady's still playing at a high level. The Chiefs, the team to beat in the AFC. It's tough to argue that. They're undefeated. right? You, how can you go against the Chiefs right now? But what's so interesting to this matchup is that both defenses can be gashed. And you've got two offenses who can light it up. So I'm, I'm hoping we don't see it's all the hype and then it's you know 12-9 game or something like that. I, I, don't, I don't envision that at all. But to see these two go toe-to-toe. And really, think about it this way for Pat Mahomes. This is the last dragon to slay in the regular season. Because 
you beat a Denver offense that held you in check for three quarters. You came back. You took down a Jaguars defense that is world-renowned. It's cocky. It's great. Took him out. Now you go against the mad scientist that is Bill Belichick. Right? He, Bill loves rookie quarterbacks. He loves them. He's a defensive guy at heart. Right? That, that's where Bill made his bones. He loves going against rookie quarterbacks, figuring them out, shutting them down. Can they do it? And can Brady keep that offense clicking? You got weapon, as Jesse said, you got weapons on the Kansas City side. You got Sony Michelle in the backfield, James White, right? Gronk, he's questionable right now, but you know he's going to play Josh Gordon with that touchdown. First one with the Pats last week. This is going to be a fun matchup. Okay, let's move on. Second down. Okay, let's get back to the Thursday nighter. Oh, boy. Oh, New York Giants. What happened? You got Saquon Barkley. Right? What, what, tremendous game. 13 carries, 130 yards, and a touchdown. Also had nine catches for 99 yards. So you're utilizing the second overall pick. That's great. But as we know in this game, if your quarterback play isn't up to it, Boy, you take a tumble. 43 attempts for Eli Manning, 24 completions, no touchdowns, one interception. Odell Beckham, he's spouting off. Six catches for just 44 yards. And the Eagles, watching Carson Wentz, boy, I feel this guy's back now. Like, we knew it it would take a couple weeks, ease his way back in, shake off the rust, right, and get going that way. But now I'm seeing him move. I'm seeing him roll. You're seeing him run much more confident. The Eagles, I think, now are ready to take that next step. When you look at Philly, though, there's still some concerns when it comes to the run game. Wendell Smallwood jumped in with Corey Clement, right? They shared and, and split those rushing duties with J.H.I. out for the year. Uh, Josh Adams is somebody, he didn't get, a, didn't get a carry, but that's somebody to watch. He had a really good preseason. I'm surprised they haven't worked him in yet. But there are some trade options for Philadelphia to try to upgrade that position. Specifically, LaShawn McCoy out of Buffalo. What about Le'Veon Bell? Of the Steelers. Well, Jabari Greer joined Kara Waglin on SportsCenter to explain if either are valid options for the Eagles. I think those are two great options, you know, with what Le'Veon Bell can bring to that offense, the way that he's dynamic, can run and pass. Couple that with a healthy Darren Sproles, they can be dynamic. Now, keep in mind, Le'Veon Bell is a guy that averaged four yards per carry when he ran the ball and caught the ball at seven yards per catch. This is the first down each two times that this gentleman touches the ball. And LaShawn Shady McCoy is a guy who thrives in that run-pass option offense. They use him in Buffalo in that run-pass option. He gets the ball and whoo, he's out. So these two, both of these two guys are great options. The question is, how much are you willing to invest? Are you willing to mortgage your future to be able to win right now? And I think that the Eagles should be because they have the other pieces in place. Here's the question for Philadelphia. Everybody knows you're in the weak spot here. If you need a running back, you're going to pay a premium. Which side makes more sense? Now, for Le'Veon Bell, for the Steelers, you're going to want to try to get the most out of him if you deal him, of course, but it has to be a sign and trade. Like, he has to be signed because Bell has made it abundantly clear that he's going to the highest bidder next year. So you can't give up too much if you don't feel you can sign him and lock him up. LaShawn McCoy, veteran, aging, we know he can be a workhorse, and you might be able to take the pressure off because... Clement and Smallwood have flashed in the past. I personally think LaShawn McCoy is probably your best bet. Bills are rebuilding. They want to get rid of him. But again, it's all about the price. And if Buffalo or Pittsburgh feels that they can really hold up Philadelphia, is it going to be worth it to them? That'll be very interesting to follow. Okay, let's move on. 
third down. How about the Bengals? Yes, I'm in Cleveland, and I will give props to the Cincinnati Bengals. Four and one, that offense, man, especially fantasy-wise. All my DraftKings uh, sleeper articles on DK Playbook have had Andy Dalton as a sleeper last year. Went with Tyler Boyd. You got A.J. Green. Joe Mixon's back. Like, they are cooking, and that defense is pretty darn good, too. So they're 4-1. They take on the Pittsburgh Steelers, whose offense can put out, but the D is, is Civ-like. However, Stephen A. Smith, he explained on ESPN that we should look that we should be looking at the Bengals as a, a playoff threat. Should we or should we not? Stephen A., what do you think? There's no baseball, there's no basketball team in Cincinnati. The baseball team stinks, and the football team is allergic to prosperity. Come at the minute Christmas arrives, okay? They don't do it. As a matter of fact, they ruin the Christmases of Cincinnati folks all over the place. This is what they do. They're cruel. They, 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 the Cincinnati Bengals, the Cincinnati Bengals, and Marvin Lewis particularly are the real Thank Grinches God. who stole Christmas. No, you That's are. who they you are. are. The it's not me. It's not me. It's not me. It's them. I don't care what the bit. Listen, the Bengals are 4-1. They've been very impressive. It wouldn't surprise me if they beat the Steelers this weekend, although I'm very hopeful and prayerful that they don't. But in the end, I'm looking at them right now. They beat Indianapolis. They beat Baltimore, okay? They beat in Atlanta and Miami, and I get all of that. I understand it, even though they lost to Carolina. All I'm saying to you is this. The Cincinnati Bengals don't mean a damn thing to me until they win one playoff game. One. That's all I ask. One. You can't get me one? Testify, Stephen A. Yes. He's not wrong. Right? He's not wrong. The Bengals are all sizzle, no steak when it comes to actual long-term success and a playoff run. Marvin Lewis has been there, what, 15 years? Not one playoff win in over a decade. First of all, how is he still employed? That's, That's astonishing to me. After that time, good regular seasons. They've had division wins. They haven't been able to get a single victory. So I'm with Stephen A. Till they win one playoff game, the Bengals, they're, they're all show. But right now, they're cooking. And I do, I will think, I do think that they'll beat the Steelers. I think that they got the Steelers right, right there. And, and you build that lead and see what happens in the playoffs. All right, let's punt to the poll question here. And I got it up at AndyMC81 on Twitter, at TSN4Downs. Remember, get your fantasy football questions and use hashtag AskAndy to AndyMC81. But this is this is what we put out there. Which second-place NFL team is the biggest threat to get to the Super Bowl? Which second-place NFL team is the biggest threat to get to the Super Bowl? Is it the Packers, the Jaguars, the Panthers, or the Chargers? You can vote at TSN4Downs. It's our Domino's Canada delivery poll. And, of course, folks, Go to dominoes.ca, get all your carryout delivery options for football Sunday this week, dominoes.ca. Boy, you look at this, the Packers, of course, all hinge on Aaron Rodgers. I never trust uh, the Jags with Blake Bortles, although they've shown they can do it in the past. Panthers and Chargers, you know what, right now, because from a health perspective, I'm going to go with the Panthers. I think the Carolina Panthers are legit, and I think they, right now, out of that group, are the biggest threat to get back to the Super Bowl of course, the pack all depends, again, on Aaron Rodgers. Bruce or Sean Lavery. Shawnee, where, where, where are you voting? Uh, I'm basing this one on quarterbacks here. So, as you mentioned, Aaron Rodgers, uh, he's great, but uh, his health is in question this year. So, I'm not voting for the Packers. Blake Bortles is fine. Uh, not a Super Bowl quarterback, in my opinion. So, I'm not voting for the Chargers. And I don't trust Ron Rivera and, and how he's been mm. using Cam Newton this year. So, I'm not going to vote for the Panthers. I'm going with the Chargers. Uh, I think Phillip Rivers can get it done. I love Melvin Gordon. I don't think he gets enough love league-wide. So, I'm going to vote for the Chargers. Yeah, I think that's... that's 
that's a great point. Todd Gurley gets all the love. Melvin Gordon has been a beast in the backfield for the Chargers. Arad, how are you voting, bud? Uh, I'm going to go a little different. I'm going to go with the Jaguars. I'm hoping when Leonard Fournette comes back, this offense will get a shot in the arm. Well, man, he, he can. We've seen, like, when he's healthy, but he's been so banged up. And it really changes, and it helps take the ball and decision-making out of Blake Bortles' hands, which, as we know, is a good thing. <laughs> right? That is a good thing if you can take the game away from Blake Bortles. But he's still a fantasy darling. Puts up 400, four interceptions, still 430 yards and run, like, from fantasy. King of garbage time, baby. King of garbage time. So we got to vote for the Jags. we got to vote for the Chargers. got to vote for the Panthers. Uh, Jags are actually leading the way at 39%. You can vote at TSN four downs which second place nfl team is the biggest threat to get to the super bowl pack jags panthers or chargers up next espn fantasy football expert mike clay joins me right here on tsn four downs you're listening tsn 1050 toronto tsn 1150 hamilton TSN Four Downs on TSN 1050 Toronto, TSN 1150 Hamilton. I'm Andy McNamara. We are delivered by Domino's. Go get yourself a loaded medium feast pizza for just $10.99. Check out all the great deals, delivery, carryout at dominoes.ca. That's dominoes.ca. I'm live from the ESPN Cleveland studios, folks. Rolling Browns weekend for me, the 12th annual third in this studio coming down. Our good buddies here. Big thanks. We got Aaron Goldhammer from ESPN Cleveland coming up in a few minutes. But I chatted a little bit earlier with ESPN fantasy expert Mike Clay. Let's get to it. Mike, you got a great piece out on ESPN Insider. Week 6 wide receiver versus cornerback matchups. And I love this piece because so often when we're playing fantasy football, we get caught up with just, okay, who's our player? Rather than, let's say if they're facing a, a shutdown corner, maybe the secondary or even tertiary receiver option in that play is better because the rest of the secondary is weaker. Can you take us through a couple of examples from that piece? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think you look at uh, certainly some fringe guys. It's valuable for some fringe guys, right? You might be scared to use because they're not doing much, uh, mm. and you want to try and take advantage of the matchup. Uh, actually, an example recently would be Corey Davis a couple weeks ago. He had an A-plus matchup in that game where he went off against Philadelphia, their perimeter corners, and uh, obviously had well over 100 yards scored the game-winning touchdown. So I think this week I'm looking at a guy like Michael Crabtree. He's, huh. he's facing, uh, coincidentally, facing the Titans. And Malcolm Butler has really struggled this season. The Titans allowing the second most fantasy points to wide receivers that align wide to the left. That's where Malcolm Butler has called home. So uh, he's really struggled in coverage, giving up a ton of fantasy production, 94 fantasy points most among corners. So uh, Michael Crabtree lines up against him. Maybe as a chance to get back on track uh, here in week number six. And, uh, how about Omar Mohamed Sanu? I mean, he's trending the right direction for Atlanta. Uh, he's been the number two receiver for that team, not Calvin Ridley, despite that ridiculous touchdown barrage of six on, on 15 targets there, or 15 catches to start this season. But Sanu's been the number two, and he draws the best matchup in that offense this week. He gets MJ Stewart, who, again, just a guy who's been fleeced. He's a second-round rookie. He struggled badly in the slot. And uh, look for Matt Ryan to take advantage by targeting Sanu often this weekend. 
Mike, when you look at the Sunday nighter, and, and whether it's regular football, fantasy football, whatever, oh man, this this one's going to be a lot of fun, I think. You got the Chiefs, you got the Patriots, you have two suspect defenses and two offenses that can just blow the doors off of everything. Are you, if we're talking about maybe more DFS here, like your, your DraftKings type of thing, are, are we are we loading up on these two teams and, and this matchup because it looks like it could just be so much fun. Well, I mean, if you know anything about fantasy football, we're all going to load up on this game and it's going to be like 12 to nine. Yeah. That's just the way <laughs> fantasy football goes. Um, and, and honestly, I mean, you look back at, at the last, especially the last year or so, but I'm sure, you know, you could look back at the last decade and, and pull it apart too. But, you know, the Patriots defense plays pretty well at home. You know, like they keep opposing offenses in check. We've seen that. Uh, over the past year or so, uh, especially in the second half last year, I know the schedule was a little lighter, but there were some good quarterbacks mixed in, and, and they did a nice job. So um, I, I think that the Patriots do win this game. I do have it. I think I have it like 31-27, something in that range, so I do expect a lot of offense. Uh, we didn't. We tend to, again, it's just the, the way the NFL is, you know, the, the, the coaches are game planning uh, for, you know, to kind of slow the opposing offenses. I know it sounds obvious, but especially in this one, you know, they know what the strength of the other team is, and the strength is, is the offense for both teams. So uh, it's going to be interesting. But, yeah, I mean, if you're setting DFS lineups, you should certainly have uh, have some exposure to this game, uh, certainly in, in cash games, 50-50s. I mean, in tournaments, you know, I, you might win a little bit, but it might might not be a bad idea to fade games like this where you know everyone is going to be on it, yeah. right? Everyone's going to be trying to get a piece of it uh, in those, those tournament actions. So, uh, something to think about, but you'd certainly have a lot of options in this game. Oh, sure. And, and you're right. It'll either be low scoring or some like rando will go off for 30 points, right? Like the, 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 the uh, what was it? The Saints game, Traquan Smith, two touchdowns. Like, come on, man. Really? That was killer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tension Barner, I'll come in and get 18 touches, something yeah. like that. I hear you. <laughs> in conversation with Mike Clay, ESPN NFL analyst, fantasy football expert on Twitter at Mike Clay. NFL. Now, Mike, we got a couple tweets in here to uh, ask you some questions, right? Get your advice here. And again, you can tweet Mike, of course, at Mike Clay NFL. A trade one coming from at, from uh, team name Andrew Hawk. This says, I have Cooper Cup and Alex Collins. I'm being asked to trade for Jordy Nelson and Sony Michelle. Do I do it? Um. So it's Cup and uh, who's the other one? And, Al- Alex, and Collins. Alex Collins. Uh, yeah. No, I'm a, I'm- yeah, I'll hold tight there. Uh, Cooper Cup is just way too valuable. I think all the Rams wide receivers are top 20 options, maybe top 15, the way that offense has been rolling. So I'm going to hold tight. Hope Alex Collins gets back on the on the right track there. Um, you know, it, it, it's it's not an unfair trade. I mean, if you really want to go the other direction and get Michelle on your team, who could be a fringe top 12 running back going forward, no problem with that. But I think uh, the way he's being utilized is very similar to Alex Collins, right? Very yeah. game script dependent, loading up on carries on early downs. Uh, they need to be ahead for him really to, uh, to to maximize his usage and not really getting much passing down work. So, again, very similar in that dynamic. And, and I certainly would want the much better wide receiver in that group. I have a, we'll get one more uh, question for you in here. At Kraz Sports on Twitter says, Alfred Morris, Aaron Jones, or Alex Collins, PPR Flex. Uh, let's see, Collins, uh, who else we got there? Collins, uh, Collins Morris, Alfred Morris, uh, Aaron Jones for the pack. Uh, Aaron Jones, yeah. Um, I'm going to go toward uh, kind of guaranteed volume here with Alfred Morris. Mm. You know, uh, you have, we, we just talked about Collins, he's sharing that backfield with Buck Allen. 
Um, and Aaron Jones, you know, he's been under 40% of the carries all three games and barely getting any passing down work. Again, speaking of those, those early down guys not getting much passing down work. So uh, kind of a, a similar dynamic. We're talking about a lot of similar backs here. Uh, but Morris, we've actually seen him get some targets, and it looks like Matt Breed is not going to play. So I think he's the, the preferred choice here. I will say this, you know, San Francisco's going into Green Bay. Yeah, this is this is would be the week for Aaron Jones. I mean, you, you would expect the Packers to build a lead here, that you give them plenty of opportunity to use Jones in the second half of the game. Uh, but again, there there is some risk there. There you worry about uh, volume in the three headed attack that is that offense. So I'm going to lean Morris, but uh, it is a close call. Yeah, th- those it, there's so many committees out there, right, Mike? Like that's the problem. If you don't oh, get yeah. one of the bell cows, and the funny thing is, if we look big picture. Think about people and, and listeners going back to your fantasy draft. Who are likely to, uh, two of the first three names off the board? Le'Veon Bell and David Johnson. Johnson's coming around a bit now. Bell's still not playing, but man, like for to have one of those first couple picks and David Johnson not performing up to standards at, like to start the year, like that's just that's just heartbreaking. I know for me, Mike, I I was drafting third in my TSN league, and I'm like, I guess I'll take Gurley. Yay! You know <laughs> that worked out pretty well. It's it's bizarre. Like if you look at David Johnson and with Josh Rosen now in the offense, and it looks like they're going to go that way the rest of the season, barring injury. Do you see Johnson really starting now to get into into a swing and and starting to get back to that fantasy production that we were hoping for? Uh, yeah, I think so. I, I was kind of one of the people preaching patience there, and, and mm. I think that was the right move. You look at his usage over the past four weeks, he's handled at least 70% of the carries all four games. In fact, for the season, he's right around, uh, he's actually right at 78% of the carries, which is a massive mark across the NFL. He's handled a 16% target share. Uh, so he's been getting the volume, and there is nothing at all more important in fantasy football than volume. You can talk about efficiency and big plays and this and that, yards per carry, yards per catch, whatever it is. The matchup, it, it, you can go on and on, and all those things have some value, but getting the football in your hands is the most important by far, and we know David Johnson gets that, and that's why we like him so much. And by the way, just to touch on your, your first point there, you know, the mess that is running back, you know, I joked a lot during the offseason, if you went running back heavy out of the gate, whether it was two running backs or three running backs, maybe even one, depending on how shallow your league was, you were happy when the draft is over. You're like, wow, good, good at running back. Uh, receiver, there's lots of depth there. I'm fine. Uh, it doesn't matter really what you did at quarterback and tight end. You're sitting pretty. But, and again, this is what I said all offseason. That looks good now. That's fine. And if you went receiver heavy, you probably don't like the look of your team. But, you know, by week four, week five, when the running backs start getting injured and you're, mm-hmm. you're scoop, got, you know, other teams are scooping up the handcuffs off waivers, plugging them into their lineup. You know, the teams that loaded up on receiver early are the ones that are suddenly very happy with their team. So it's uh, just kind of a, a funny dynamic about fantasy. You have to, you know, the running backs look pretty on draft day, but, you know, it, the fact is they get injured at an extremely high rate. So there's just more and more to be said for kind of fading that position early in draft, the zero running back strategy, if you will. Mike, last one for you here. What about the tight end position? We talk about the, the quagmire at running back, but oh my, like, Injuries. We're going to the waiver wire. People in, in auction league just, just scrambling. I'm getting tweets on people paying 20 bucks for Cameron Bray just because they're so desperate because they advanced McDonald before. And it was, okay, hey, let's try CJ Uzoma for the, for the Bengals. It just seems like a complete cluster. I, any advice for the, for the people out there when it comes to tight end for, for your leagues? Is there anybody you like or, or for, for DFS? Just any, any help? It's, it's like people are, are pressing the panic button. Well, I'll say this first. Uh, just make sure Greg Olson's not out there on waivers or Evan Ingram. I've seen him even in some expert leagues sitting out there this mm. past week. I was able to scoop him up. So just make sure 
especially if you're on, say, a 10-teamer, if they're sitting out there and people have forgotten about it, make sure you scoop them up. Uh, But you're right. I mean, it is a disaster. Uh, In fact, you know, we need to kind of dive into this more because you start noticing that injuries have been piling up at this position the past few seasons. Never this bad, but it's becoming a problem at the tight end position. Injuries are rampant there. It's constant. The list this season, even going back to guys, uh, you know, we forgot about Hunter Henry almost. You know, he sure. he was going to be a superstar this year. We, right. you know, we don't even talk about him because he's been uh, out for the season and he's just one on a long list. So, uh, you know, luckily we have some guys emerging like a Jared Cook and Eric Ebron of all people are having career years. George Kittle's taking a step forward. Olsen's back now. I think a healthy OJ Howard will be valuable. David Njoku is getting more work with mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield in there. Trey Burton, don't forget about him off the bye. We saw a career high game for Austin Hooper last week so you're starting to see some guys jump into the mix but but you're right i mean the the right strategy this year the one that worked best was taking kelsey Ertz or gronk that that has certainly worked out the best but uh going forward again i I think this position can recover a little bit especially if we get a young guy or two maybe a hayden hurst uh to take a step forward exactly boy well mike we could go all day man really appreciate the time thank you yeah anytime there he is, Mike Clay from ESPN Fantasy Football Expert. Got a bunch of tweets coming in. Use hashtag AskAndy and tweet me at AndyMC81. We'll get to that in the final segment. But up next, from ESPN Cleveland, I'm in his studio. Aaron Goldhammer, host here, joins me next on TSN 4 Downs, on TSN 1050 Toronto and TSN 1150 Hamilton. Mayfield in the shotgun. From the 19 to Baltimore, he's back to pass. He steps. He throws. It's on. Touchdown. It's Higgins. What a beautiful throw. What a beautiful throw by the Baker. We're starting to change the culture around here. The guys, you know, early on, or I think in the past, thought, you know, when something bad happens, they you know, kind of get in the tank a little bit, put their head down. But we have a team right now that's starting to believe in themselves, and, and rightfully so. Welcome back to TSN 4 Downs here on TSN 1050 Toronto, TSN 1150 Hamilton. I'm Andy McNamara. That was Baker Mayfield of the Cleveland Browns, and I am in the ESPN Cleveland studios doing the show right now, getting ready for the Chargers game on Sunday afternoon. And I welcome in a man who, I, I'm in his house right now. I'm in, I'm in the ESPN Cleveland studio, Aaron Goldhammer, co-host of the really big show on ESPN Cleveland and the LandOnDemand.com. Aaron, how's it going, man? Don't spill anything in. <laughs> I, I cannot confirm nor deny. I was looking around, and I'm going to leave it. I'm going to leave it for you, Hammer. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> and for you letting me be here, this is year three. All seriousness, this is uh, great and a real thrill for me. I'm a, a big fan of your guys in, in the show, and it's, uh, it's really cool. It's, it's something, Hammer, where you look at this city, and the buzz when I'm walking around town, everyone's just smiling. Everyone's saying, go Browns. I don't know. Like, it is totally different than the last couple of years. Well, look, I mean, everybody in Toronto knows that Cleveland is known for LeBron James. Yeah. Uh, and, it, you know, the city was never happier than when the Cavs finally broke our 52-year championship drought and won a title in 2016. But even when LeBron was in Cleveland, 75% of my job was the Browns because it is a football town. The Pro Football Hall of Fame is just a few miles down the road in Canton. Uh, which is about 50 minutes away from where you're sitting right now in downtown Cleveland. Uh, And, you know, even when the other teams are good and the Indians had a good season this year, they just got knocked out of the playoffs this past week. The Browns drive the conversation in Northeast Ohio. Uh, And the fact that they're now a real football team again, um, and they have adults 
on their roster <laughs> who really belong in the league, who would start for other teams. Um, the excitement level is just really palpable, and, and people can't wait for Sunday. It's it's wild. And you look at ESPN right now, uh, .com, and the line has been going back and forth, but I'm looking at it right now. Browns are one-point favorites. Like, imagine that they weren't favorites for anything for the last two years, and it's all based off of Baker Mayfield and that hype. But as you said, Hammer, it's it's also the group around him. Two and a half games. How are you feeling about Baker Mayfield as a starting quarterback with the Browns? I think it's as impressive a start as I've ever seen a rookie quarterback have. Um, that doesn't mean he's going to go to the Hall of Fame. It doesn't mean he's going to break Drew Brees' passing record one day. Um, but it just, you know, he, he has this ability to make you feel like the Browns are never really out of it. Um, last week in overtime, they faced second and 21 at their own five-yard line. And in the past, even earlier this year with Terod Taylor playing quarterback, I'd have just sent the punter out on second and 21 <laughs> because I figured, you know, only bad things can happen from here. Baker ended up picking up the first down. Um, he got 13 yards on second down. He, he hit a long pass play on third down and moved the Browns into position to kick the game-winning field goal. Um, so even though, though, you know, it's not like he's putting up Pat Mahomes' numbers. He's not throwing six, seven touchdown passes and throwing for 500 yards and that kind of stuff. It's the way he's led the team, inspired the team, given everybody hope, um, and just made sound, quick decisions and thrown the ball accurately. Um, I feel about the Browns' offense now better than I have at any point in my 12 years of covering the team. Hammer, the one issue on this Browns team, of course, the defense has been great, the offense has been great with Baker Mayfield in, it's special teams. And so help me if Greg Joseph misses a kick while I'm in that stadium, Hammer, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to freak out. I, how, how bad is this special teams? And are you hearing about anything that the Browns are doing to correct this? Because this has cost them games. Well, they made a couple of good plays on special teams last week. Denzel Ward blocked a kick, uh, which was a huge play. And their punter, Britton Colquitt, had a good game. But look, like I don't know if there's anybody in the CFL, if there's an Argonaut, <laughs> if there's you know a, a failed hockey player, uh, you know somebody. <laughs> the, the, the issue isn't you know can the Browns make a 60-yard field goal? It's not do they have a guy with a booming leg. They need to really focus on finding someone that consistently can make a field goal from 40 yards and in. That can make an extra point on a regular basis. Um, and also, you know, that can, that can help them block. I mean, they, they, I think that last kick that barely made it over the crossbar to win the game last Sunday was tipped, um, which means they, they keep getting kicks blocked, and that is a huge problem. So, you know, their special teams right now is head and shoulders the worst in the league. Um, the one positive for tomorrow is that they're playing the team with the 31st-ranked special teams, and the Chargers can't kick either. So if you like missed field goals, make sure you find the TV to watch Browns and Chargers because I have a feeling there are going to be plenty of them tomorrow. Oh, my. In conversation with Aaron Goldhammer, co-host of the Really Big Show here on ESPN Cleveland on Twitter at HammerNation19. Now, Hammer, when we look at the rest of the AFC North, and this is a division where the Bengals are 4-1. and one. Now, we know late in December and come playoff time, they, as usual, will probably fold. But right now, they're they're running. The Ravens look to be the team to beat. Browns did that last week. And the Steelers, the biggest surprise, 2-2-1 two, two, and one with a prolific offense. 
But that defense is it's civ like. How are you looking at this division? Like, can, can you you rank these teams as far as how you think this is going to finish out? Yeah, I mean, I still think the Steelers are the favorite to win the division just because they have so much talent and they're going to get Le'Veon Bell back here in the next couple weeks. Um, but you know, aside from that, just hunch that Pittsburgh is so talented and with Ben, they're always in position to win it. I mean, I think the Browns have absolutely closed the gap on the other teams. You you only need to look no further than the fact that they've already played Pittsburgh and Baltimore, and they haven't lost yet You know, to either one of those teams. Coming into the year, I think Ben was like 21-2 and against the Browns, and Flacco was like 17-2 and against the Browns in his career. They both had these incredible, prolific records when playing against Cleveland, it didn't matter whether they played the games in Cleveland or in Baltimore. They just dominated. Hugh Jackson, the Browns coach, has to prove that he can beat Cincinnati. He's gotten totally schooled by his former employer thus far in his tenure. Um, But I I think it is absolutely fair to say that the Browns have closed a huge gap between them and the rest of the division. And I don't think those other teams now look at a game against Cleveland as a free win right. on their way to a playoff spot. Which is so different. Hammer, I'm just looking here. I got a, We got a, a tweet and a retweet from a Swedish Browns fan, Ricard Berkvist, who uh, is, is saying, go, go Browns. Uh, the, the Browns fans, it's, that's what I don't think people realize. They are worldwide. Like when they won that first game, I was getting texts and, 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 and Twitter DMs from fans in Brazil. Like, it is a phenomenon. Like, it's, it's just something where you feel if the dam can burst open and you can get on a little bit of a run. Like, the Browns backers worldwide, it could, it could be something real special. Do they have a kicker in Sweden? Uh, <laughs> Roger Federer's brother or something? Did anybody make a field goal? I'll, I'll reply. I'll ask Ricard Brookvist if, he, uh, if, if he's a good <laughs> soccer player. Right, like it's you're, you're you're so right though. It's it's something where you you just need you just need that that one kicker, that one guy to put into place. And I, I, I well we'll leave it on this on the the, the rally possum. Um, they put out I don't know if you saw this, Ham. The the Brown Shop tweeted out they put out 25 stuffed possums for 15 dollars a pop. I rushed down and I got two of them for my kids. Um, and then you could buy the Browns bandana for 12 dollars each. So I got fleeced knowingly. But this, I, I wonder if this rally possum thing is going to be uh, going to catch on. What, what do you think? Are we going to just see possums running around the stadium Sunday? You know, uh, <laughs> the, the Browns have been trying to force cool marketing for like the last twelve years, and what they what they didn't realize is you, you can't have cool marketing when you go zero and sixteen. Right. Like, no, no one. No, nothing you do is cool when you go through a whole year and you don't win a game, and then when you start to win, you don't need to force anything because. Things just kind of happen naturally, and that's what's happened, you know, with the with the possum thing, um, you know. But I, I do think it's, it's so interesting, like that they're, you know, it, it just feels like stuff like that has just gained steam and momentum, you know. And and the Browns and the team can kind of rally behind it, you know, the idea that that, that now that we caught this possum, that it was really the possum's fault, you know. That, evil demon possum that was the reason the Browns couldn't win and now that he's been removed from the stadium, you know, you you can go and you can beat anybody. And I I really seriously I, I feel like they can beat anyone at home right now. I mean, even if they were playing New England, they have Kansas City at home in a couple of weeks, some of the best teams in the league. 
you know, I, I think that they can compete with those teams now at home. Will, will they win? Are they on their way to the Super Bowl? I think that's probably a little bit premature. But they've positioned themselves in a place where, you know, they're, they are really now sitting at the big kids' table on Thanksgiving and um, where they, they can compete and, and give anybody problems. It's really exciting. Yeah, and it all starts with the quarterback, Baker Mayfield. Hammer, thank you so much again for letting me use the studio here today and love your work at landondemand.com. For any Browns fans listening out there, make sure to subscribe there and get them on Twitter at HammerNation19. Aaron, thanks again. You take anything off my desk, Andy, I'm coming to find <laughs> He's coming to Toronto, baby. All right. <laughs> Thanks, Aaron. <laughs> Thanks, bud. There he goes, Aaron Goldhammer. I'm on watch now. I can't, take, I can't take anything. There's so much cool stuff here in the ESPN Cleveland studios. I can't touch it now. Aaron Goldhammer from ESPN Cleveland. We're going to step aside. Fantasy football questions, I answer them next. Try to get them in. Hashtag Ask Andy. If I don't get to them on the show, I'm going to answer three or four. I will get to them on Twitter at AndyMC81. We'll also have our big three locks of the week. Wrapping up TSN 4 Downs next year on TSN 1050 Toronto, TSN 1150 Hamilton. Back to wrap up TSN 4 Downs here on TSN 1050 Toronto, TSN 1150 Hamilton. I'm Andy McNamara coming to you live from beautiful Cleveland, Ohio on the ESPN Cleveland Studios. I'm down here, 12th annual trip to a Browns game. My record, I think it's, ooh, it's not, well, it's not good. I think they've won three times in all the years I've come down. But it's going to be different this year. Against the Chargers, it's going to be a lot of fun. And big thanks again to Aaron Goldhammer, who uh, joined me a few minutes ago, letting us use the studio space here at ESPN Cleveland. You can follow me at AndyMC81, the show at TSN4Downs. You can vote in the poll question, which of these second-place teams is most likely to be a Super Bowl threat, Packers, Jags, Chargers, or Panthers. You can vote there again at TSN4Downs. But time to get some of your fantasy football questions answered in... It's time for Ask Andy with TSN 4 Downs fantasy analyst Andy McNamara. You can join the conversation on Twitter and get your fantasy football questions answered by tweeting at AndyMC81 using the hashtag AskAndy. All right, there we go. Producer Sean Lavery. Shawnee, what's the first hashtag AskAndy question? So the first question comes from at the Fantasy Ghost. Start Chester Rogers, the the Colts wide receiver, or start Josh Gordon, the Patriots wide receiver. So this week, I'm going this week specific, and I'm going to say Chester Rogers because both T.Y. Hilton and Jack Doyle are ruled out. So Chester Rogers, he's that deep third. He's that streaker who really only has value if Hilton is not playing. So I'm going to say Rodgers because Josh Gordon, he's listed as questionable. That hamstring issue, which was a concern before he got uh, traded by the Browns and has been bothering him a little bit, and he's still working into that Patriots offense. So for this week, because Rodgers is going to have more opportunities and we don't know how much Gordon is going to be used, I would say go with Chester Rodgers. This one comes from at Massey85. It's a PPR league, and you need to pick one of these wide receivers. Corey okay. Davis of the Titans, Devin Funches of the Panthers, or Mike Williams of the Chargers. Massey85 also adds that Mike Williams is due. It, he, he is due, but here's the difference. This is what I always say, folks. Right When you're looking at fantasy options, you want opportunity. Opportunity equals fantasy points. Now, could you have one-offs and third, fourth, fifth options pop out and have a big game? Of course. You want to look at the guys who are going to get the starting share of the targets. And that is still Corey Davis. It is. If Funches, I'm not, I'm not confident in Funches. He's never been able to really live up 
to his uh, expectations. He's very hot and cold. Mike Williams has the ability to burst out, but you have to remember, you're going up against a Browns defense that is exceptional. I know it's weird to say, but it's exceptional. They held uh, a Baltimore offense that was was clicking last week to nine points, no touchdowns. And Williams also is not the first target. Right? you got to go through Keenan Allen. Uh, uh, Gordon is catching more out of the backfield. So Williams could. I'm not saying he won't. He could. But you're going to have better opportunities where you know Corey Davis is going to get double-digit targets. So go with Davis. Our final question of the week comes from Matty F. A simple stardom sit him with two quarterbacks, Blake Bortles, who uh, the Jags are playing in Dallas, or Andrew Luck, and the Colts are playing in New York against the Jets. Mm, I'm going to give a slight edge to Andrew Luck here versus the Jets. So it, Luck's deep ball, it's not quite back from his pre-shoulder injury from, from that stage, but his output, last two weeks, fantasy, 35.66, 20 and 24.6 fantasy points over the last two, two weeks. You can't ignore that. Now, Hilton is out. That's a problem, but he's been shown he's been able to make do with a Chester Rogers with a Ryan Grant. And I'm thinking maybe in your DFS, if you're looking to stack a little bit, maybe you go with a Ryan Grant who's in the slot, who's going to balance out Eric Ebron of the tight end spot. You stack a Luck and a Rogers uh, as uh, either a Rogers or a Grant on your lineup there. So I'm going to say Andrew Luck here, but really out of that case, guys, I don't think you can go too wrong because we know Bortles king of the garbage time fantasy points the dude threw four interceptions 430 yards last week and still was well over 20 fantasy points so i think you're going to be fine but overall with the matchup i'm going to say andrew luck so let's do that now the big three we introduced this last week our big three game picks our locks of the week now as a whole we are two and one and producer sean lavery and our tremendous technical operator aratus vandy are in the picks with me. Now, guys, and Sean, I'll, I'll start with you. Last week's results, you were correct. Uh, you were 1-0, and Arad was correct. I missed out by one freaking point because the Bills beat the Titans. Good Lord. It Always was listen to the guys behind the glass, Andy. Oh, it was close. I thought that was a sure gimme. So we're 2-1. and one. So if you're looking to, you know, putting a couple bucks down, it's not too bad. This week, though, let's give our big three Game picks for week number six. I'm going with the Minnesota Vikings. Ten-point favorites versus the abysmal Arizona Cardinals. Now, I know the last time the Vikings were double-digit favorites, it was against the Bills, and it was supposed to be a laughing stock, and oh, how much are they going to beat them? And then Buffalo shocked the world and covered the biggest point spread in, like, over two decades. I don't think that's going to happen now. Minnesota's at home. They're coming off a win. They're going to start to look to make their move in the division. So it's double digit. I'm never a fan of double digits, but I think they get it done here. The Cardinals have been pretty good. At least if we're looking at fantasy against quarterbacks, but overall, they, they just can't hold up. And that defense gets worn down because the offense sucks. So I'm going to say the Vikings. Sean, who's your lock of the week? I'm taking the Bills, who are in Houston, taking on the Texans. Uh, the Texans are favored by 10 points. That's ridiculous. So if the Bills lose by anything less than 10 or win outright, then I win. Uh, Houston hasn't won by more than three this season. The no. Bills' defense, I think, has been better than a lot of people thought. Buffalo just beat Tennessee, who is starting to look like a really legitimate team. And the Texans are 1-5 and five against the spread in their past six home games with the Deshaun Watson, who's been limited in practice this yeah. week. So I'm taking Buffalo. I like that a lot. I think that line is absurd. Vegas is rarely wrong. But I would jump all over that. Bills to cover? Absolutely. All right, Arad, who's your lock of the week, buddy? You're 1-0. Oh. 
Call me superstitious, but for the second week in a row, oh. I'm going to pick a home dog versus the L.A. Rams. Almost said St. Louis there versus oh. the L.A. Rams. Uh, Vance Joseph's seat is as hot as anyone's in the NFL right now. It's toasty. It's toasty. Mile high is always a very hard place to play. Yeah. So the Rams are favored by seven points against the Broncos. I don't think they win by more than a field goal, so I'm going to go with the Broncos here. So Broncos to cover. Wow. Against the Ritt. That offense is good, though, Rod. It's good. They got weapons, baby. That's... Uh, that, that's a bold pick. That is a bold. But you know what? That's what you get. The lock of the week. We don't just go for the easy ones here, right? Broncos over the Rams is a Rod's pick. So we'll tweet that out at TSN Four Downs. Our big three game pick. Send us yours. Who do you think your locks of the week are? And of course, if you have any fantasy football questions, you can tweet me at AndyMC81 and use the hashtag AskAndy. There's a few that have come in that I wasn't able to get to, so I'll try to answer those on Twitter. So there you go, folks. Big thanks to our guest, Mike Clay from ESPN. Aaron Goldhammer from ESPN Cleveland. We're using his studios. Big uh, Sal, who helped set us up here. Uh, Michael as well. Just a great bunch of guys. I'm going to go enjoy myself some Ohio State Buckeyes action this afternoon. The Browns game tomorrow. Enjoy the weekend, folks. I'll be back in Toronto next week. You've been listening to TSN 4 Downs on TSN 1050 Toronto and TSN 1150 Hamilton.